0: Welcome to High Impact Influence, the podcast. My name is Randy Cantrell. The website is growgreat.com. Bula Business Builders, helping small business owners hit the trifecta. Greetings and welcome inside the yellow studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I am your host here. Appreciate you clicking play. Hope you will tell a friend. Every night while sitting in front of the TV, I would open a large accordion file where I would keep manufacturer's literature on high-fidelity stereo gear. The file was one of those alphabetized, foldable, cardboard-ish kind of folder files. Had a slot, you know, for every letter of the alphabet. Advent speakers, for instance, their literature would go into the A slot. Thorin's turntables, that would go into the T-slot. You get the idea. I started this habit, I mean junior high school, because I love music and I love the gear that was used to play my favorite records and all of this cool equipment far beyond my means. But every night, I would look at these features and these specs and I would look at these glossy photographs and this literature and I would dream I would visit stereo stores as often as I could. I would listen to these sound systems that I could only dream about owning. It was glorious. It was just glorious. And that's what it was to sit down in a listening room to hear a record the way that it ought to be heard, full fidelity. And I would leave each store visit with whatever new product literature was missing from my growing collection. It was a passion for music and stereo gear that propelled me to walk into a stereo store when I was 16 years old. No selling experience, no real work experience except for manual labor for my dad's business, home construction, stepping and fetching mostly, you know, and well, cleaning completed construction projects. Now I can tell you that is nasty, nasty work. Not exactly the kind of work that would make your heart rate increase well, except due to just exhaustion in the summer months. Somehow I wound up in front of the owner of this stereo store. I'm 16 years old. This is a store with four sound rooms, each armed with those 70s fixtures, sliding glass patio doors. Now, you younger folks do not remember these things, but these were glorious stores sitting in his office, he began to grill me about products, including products that his store didn't even carry. And I quickly was able to answer all of his questions, including the only one that I still remember today. What do the model numbers of Morant's receivers represent? No problem. I knew the answer. Their wattage per channel. He hired me right there. My first real job working for a small business owner, straight commission, and I was hooked. In 2007, I formally began to serve small business owners. Years and years and years of being in the trenches of working to achieve the trifecta of business building, it compelled me to serve my people, my people, small business operators, people with whom I have more in common than probably any other segment of business people small business. It is close to my heart. Admittedly, I am biased heavily in favor of the entrepreneur working hard to make a difference in their part of the world. In 1984, I was 27 years old. I was a couple of years into my very first number one leadership role of running a business with $14 million in annual revenue the trifecta of business building became a reality while I'm sitting in my office one morning. I am battling the issues of the day. I'm pondering the variety of challenges that day. And I had this rare epiphany. Yeah, I get them every now and again, not often, but I'm always looking for them. All of my challenges in running this small business could be distilled into three categories. The three things that were the most important things in me operating a successful enterprise. And I dubbed them the trifecta of business building because they consist of getting new customers, serving existing customers better, not going crazy in the process. Nothing else mattered. And I began to think of my business that way. Every action fits into one or more of these categories, from purchasing to merchandising to cash flow management to profit margins to personnel to operational efficiencies. I mean, you name it. You name it. And I could instantly make it fit in one of these categories of the trifecta. Over the years, as I encountered other operators of small businesses, I learned that we shared similar frustrations and challenges. But I also learned that if I was going to achieve stellar results, I mean, I was never satisfied with being good. I wanted to be remarkable and I knew to do that. I would have to do something that others weren't doing. Maybe things that they weren't willing to do. Perhaps I would have to avoid doing what other people were doing. I mean, come on. Sometimes you got to be like captain Kirk of star Trek, right? You go where nobody has gone before. And besides that, I learned very quickly it's fun to do that. Helping small business owners is a passion. Coaching city government leaders is also a passion. I know these things seem completely separate and not congruent at all, but you know, they're more congruent than you might think because they are both about high impact influence. The whole title of this podcast, I define leadership simply as influence and doing for others what they are unable to do for themselves. And both small business operators and city government leaders have to excel at that. I don't have any experience in city government leadership except in coaching leaders largely about relationship, communication, team building kinds of things. But come on, the small business operator and the city government leader have got to excel at leadership. Both have their own challenges, and while the trifecta of business building isn't exactly in play with city government, parts of it sure are. Number two and three for for sure are serving existing customers or citizens better. That's always in play. And not going crazy in the process. Well, that's in play for all of us. The work is completely relationship-based. It's never transactional for me because I'm just not a transactional guy. Now, I'm not making judgments on it. In fact, I'm going to embed in the show notes today. This is October the 15th, 2021. So just go find this episode over at the website growgreat.com and you will see an embedded YouTube video that I recorded just a few days ago. I, it's about 8 minutes long. It's not long. I'm not making judgments on people that are transactional. And I say in the video, you know if you're if you're a venture capitalist, You really want to be transactional because, I mean, come on, you you want to invent the fork, right? You want something that everybody on the planet can use. You want something scalable. And while I value transactions, that is people who decide to buy, I'm not the guy. I just can't take people's money, deliver a product and service, and then be done. So I would absolutely be horrific in the whole venture capital world. It's just not the way I'm wired. There's nothing bad about doing that. It's just not what moves me the most. What moves me most is seeing the story unfold, establishing this ongoing relationship of some sort. I'm not talking about becoming best friends. I'm not talking about intruding into people's lives, but I'm driven to make a positive difference, a difference that I would like to see as I watch clients and customers put in the hard work to grow, improve and change. For me, nothing is more rewarding Getting new customers. This was when I was 27 years old. What I wrote down is the first leg of the trifecta, getting new customers. Because quite simply, until we get customers, we don't have a business. Every small business needs new customers in order to thrive. Horror stories abound of small, even mid-sized businesses who relied too much on a single or few customers. A small candy manufacturer landed a major retailer. They threw a party figured, Hey, our future is bright. Our future is secure. The initial purchase order for the big customer was the largest they had ever seen. In fact, it was such a large PO. They couldn't even imagine that they got it. It was a game changer. They ramped up production to meet the demands of this new customer who paid them like clockwork. Major investments were made in production equipment. Additional shifts were hired to meet the demands of this new customer. They pretty much let all the other customers go because, well, they kind of sort of had to. Explosive growth fueled their euphoria. and By the third series of purchase orders, things had changed. Big box retailer told them, here's how much we're going to pay you. Significantly lower price than before. And it was pricing that put a serious cramp on the profit margins of the little manufacturer. Okay, well, now what do you do? Well, they felt like, well, we don't have any choice. We've we've got to meet the demands of our client. I mean, our whole business hinges on this client. And by leaning too heavily on this one customer, albeit a huge customer, they put their entire company at risk. I'd love to tell you the story ends well, but it doesn't. They neglected the first trifecta. You must continue to get new customers. Serving existing customers better. Few things are more valuable, I learned, as a young man leading a small business than building a solid customer base, a base of loyal, repeat customers. Small business owners quickly discover how much easier it is to get a customer to come back than it is to spend a ton of money to try to get a brand-new customer. It costs less. It fuels more word of mouth. I mean, there are just many, many benefits of serving existing customers better. Give them something to talk about. Jeffrey Gittimer, he is a famous sales trainer, and he's famous for saying that people can say one of three things about you, something good, something bad, or nothing, and it's up to you what they say. He's right. He's completely right. So why not give people something good to say about your business? Now, this part of the trifecta impacts operations, which translates not just to existing customers, but frankly, every facet of your enterprise. This is where businesses must focus on systems and processes that produce predictable results consistently without fail. Too often the exceptions are the rule for small businesses, but it doesn't have to be that way. No, if we would approach our small business like an airliner or a fast food chain, then we need to figure out how to deliver superior service every single time and let the exceptions be, yeah, okay, we dropped the ball. I could say a whole lot about recovery. That is, how do you fix it when you broke it? Uh, But let's keep going. Listen, few things, I posted this on Instagram and some other places the other day. Few things are more powerful than a mind made up. This is the key, in my opinion, to high performance, deciding that it is what you will do and it is who you will become. Sounds simple, I know, but it is true. And yes, it is simple. No, it's not easy, but it is simple. Think of the worst experiences that you have had as a customer. Now, for many of us, it may have to do with a cell phone carrier or a TV service provider. I mean, the stories are horrific about both of these spaces. Enormous companies, household name companies with lots of resources, companies that mostly choose to be transactional because they don't care if you're happy or not because they figure saving a dollar Trump's making you happy. We're no worse than anybody else. Uh, it, It could be. It probably is their unofficial battle cry. We're no worse than anybody else. Well, boy, that'll get you out of bed in the morning, won't it? Google the various reviews of the company where you get your self-service or where you get your TV, and I promise you, you will see page after page after page after page of horrible stories, stories of not serving existing customers well. Rather, you will see story after story, and you yourself have experienced it likely, treating paying customers poorly. And because they thrive anyway, They can be lulled into feeling good about themselves. Maybe they'll survive. Maybe they won't. I mean, come on. Deep pockets do help ensure feeling safe. But as small business owners, we don't have that luxury. And you know what? It's a good thing. It's a blessing. No, in fact, it's a great thing. Because it's why innovation happens in small businesses. And it's why patrons enjoy supporting small businesses. It's why we exist. We do make the world better. Comedian Steve Martin, he gave that famous answer, you know, to the question about how to become a famous comedian. Be so good. They can't ignore you. Be so good. They can't ignore you. And let that be our mantra as small businesses. We want customers to become clients. That is repeat customers. Well, okay. Then there's growing crazy in the process. This part of the trifecta I started to say it may be the hardest to achieve. No, it is the hardest to achieve, but it's doable. Small business owners who have plenty of new customers and who are serving existing customers well may find themselves sacrificing their entire life. Too many small business owners that I know have given up marriages and children and health as they work to make their company thrive. Worth it? Well, I'm not going to judge. Each person can decide for themselves. Me personally, I don't think so. Our sanity, our health, our relationships, they matter. It's common to encounter small business operators, though, who truly believe that this leg of the trifecta may be impossible. And it's only because, well, my favorite quote is in play. I would love to tell you who said it or who wrote it, but I've never been able to discover it. But here's my favorite quote of all time, and this is completely in play when it comes to this last leg of the trifecta, not going crazy in the process. Everything is hard until it's easy. Everything is hard until it's easy. Seeing things more clearly, seeing things maybe for the first time, it requires hard work. But hard doesn't mean impossible. You know, it's like going to the gym for the first time in years and you're using muscles that you haven't pushed in a long time and it makes you sore. I mean, it can make it even hard to get out of bed in the morning. It makes you tired. But... If you will persist, strength will come. And what began as hard becomes easier and easier. So we add more weight. We add more reps. We push ourselves a little bit harder. Why? So we can become stronger. It pains me to see small business operators struggle in any of these three areas of the trifecta of business building. But, man, this one, this not going crazy in the process Ah, this one pains me more than any of the others. The human toll on a small business operator, on their staff, on their family, on their friends. It can be enormous financial rewards. They are worthwhile pursuits. I sometimes get really irritated when people go, you know, well, it's just, you just want to make money. You just want to make money as they throw barbs at a small business owner. No, it's not just about making money, but making money is a big part of it. Now, if you're running a nonprofit, good for you, but the small business owner is not running a nonprofit. But don't be fooled into thinking that financial rewards are more valuable than the people that you love and the people that love you. Question, can you have it all? No. No. No, and I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that every business owner can hit the trifecta. In fact, I'm going to tell you that most won't. Many will. Some are going to figure it out by hit and miss, mostly miss. Others are going to hit on something at just the right time, fearful that people might figure out that we got a little bit lucky. And still others are going to figure out that their accelerated growth is easily worth investing in some help somebody who can help them figure things out more quickly, somebody who's capable of helping them make the most of their resources while giving them more time and more opportunities and more ability to expand their resources. You don't have to have it all. You just want more of what you want, and you want less of what you don't. And I'm here to tell you that is possible but you have to decide for yourself. You have to make up your mind about what you want and how determined you are to achieve your ideal outcome. And I get really fixated on your ideal outcome. Our work dubbed as Bula Business Builders is not about us achieving our ideal outcome. Sure, we've got one, but helping you achieve your ideal outcome, well, that's Part of our ideal outcome. This is about you. This is about you achieving your ideal outcome. And ideal outcomes, you know, they change. And that's perfectly okay. In fact, it's better than okay. It's how it ought to be. When I was 35 years old, I wanted very different outcomes than the ones I want today. And you know what? The one that I want today is very different from the one I wanted just a year ago. Clarity. Clarity of our ideal outcomes is important along every phase of our life. It's a journey, but it's a journey with an intent focus on the destination. I get tired of people who so, you know, it's not the destination. It's the journey. No, it's pretty much the destination. I mean, we don't want a long laborious journey if we don't have to, but there's a place we want to get to. We got places we want to go people. We want to see, you know, it's like kids in the car moaning are we there yet are we there yet i mean we yeah we hope to enjoy the ride don't get me wrong but we are headed to a destination that beckons us we want what we want i mean here in the dallas fort worth area i don't get in the car without firing up waze w a z e it's a gps app but it's got social interaction so you can kind of tell what's happening with traffic you know i i learned a long time ago When that Waze voice navigation kicks in and tells me to turn left, I'm turning left. I'm turning left. She knows something I don't know. I know where I want to go, and I know I want to get there, and I want to get there as quickly and as safely as I can. Oh, sure, I'd like to enjoy the ride, but I'm really, you know what? I really want to make the ride pretty brief. If I can, we want what we want. Bula Business Builders is bent on helping you get to where you most want to go and working feverishly to help you get there faster. I hope all is well with you and your small business, if indeed you are a small business owner. If there's anything at all that we can do to be of service to you, let me direct you to Bula, that is B-U-L-A, businessbuilders.com. Bula is a Fiji term, means hello and goodbye, it's analogous to aloha in Hawaiian, but mainly it means life, in particular it means life is Good. I'm not from Fiji, never been to Fiji. Hope to go one day, but I fell in love with that word about 45 years ago, and it stuck. I began to use it as greetings on internal memos to my staff. Instead of saying hello or good morning, I would write BULA, B-U-L-A, exclamation mark. Now you know, and you'll never forget. Be well, do good, grow great. Growgreat.com is the website. My name is Randy Cantrell. Greetings and welcome inside the yellow studio.